Hello and welcome to In Conversation With, a podcast from The Lancet Neurology. It's February 2022 and I'm Jonathan Blott. This month, I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Alexandra Durr, whose new research on Rilizol in patients with spinocerebellar ataxia type 2 is published online now. Great, so Alexandra, please can you give us a bit of background to your study um, and what exactly is spinocerebellar ataxia type 2? There is a definite need for um, cure for rare diseases, especially in the field of neurology, because we don't have much. And SCAR2 is part of a large group of cerebellar ataxias, um, which includes a multitude or multi-entities of genetic um, forms. And the responsible gene for SCAR2 is um, ataxin 2. And there is a CAG repeat in this gene. And this expansion of this repeat gives the disease. The, um, the cerebellar ataxia gives gait and um, speak difficulties, but it's also associated sometimes with motor neuron disease and Parkinsonism. And interestingly enough, this gene is responsible for cerebellar ataxias, autosomal dominantly inherited, but also a risk factor for um, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis and a gene for Parkinson's disease. So it was an it's an interesting disease. And so, what what led you to this particular clinical trial with uh, Rilizol in these patients? Um, a, a real key thing in, 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 in trials and rare diseases to, to get to a, or to run a conclusive um, therapeutic trial because we, their patients are rare. You cannot um, include um, um, a, a large number of patients. So what you need to do is to run a trial in a, in a small group of patients and to be sure that it can be conclusive. And there were two trials out there with Rilozol, Um they showed um, positive or beneficial effect on rilosol on cerebral ataxias in a very large group of patients. There were um, different genetic entities, different um, stages of the diseases in the cerebral ataxia. So it was difficult to untangle um, which entity in this large group they, they did run the trial was um, 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 benefit or from the from the from the treatment. So we didn't know if it was one or another genetic subgroup. So we wanted to run a trial in an homogeneous genetic group to be sure to um, confirm either the finding that rilosol would have a beneficial effect in SCAR2 or not. Mm, so from that, uh, please can you describe some of the methods of your trial? So because it's a rare disease, we had to do a multi-center trial. So we. We, we gathered patients from eight centers um, through the French um, network on neurogenetics that I'm running, and they, they, we were able to include 45 patients. Um, they got uh, rilosol twice a day, 50 milligram for one year, and then we did the same readouts that were used in the trials before, so we were able to compare. So what were your main findings, and perhaps if you could also uh, discuss some of the main limitations of these findings? Yeah, even if we, we, we did use the same dose, the same duration of treatment and the same um, additional readouts and the, the, the main readout than the other studies, we did not find any improvement, neither for the clinical nor for the radiological um, out, uh, or outcomes. So this was um, sad because it, was, it showed that despite a very satisfactory um, treatment compliance and the absence of serious effect, it was well tolerated. Um, there was no improvement. And so the question was, um, does SCAR2 
um, is not um, responding to this treatment? Or is it just that rilosol in general is not um, a treatment uh, for these diseases? And what we could show is that, first of all, um, the 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 main outcome, the, the the primary outcome we used was the clinical scale for ataxia, which is called SARA, and the improvement um, had, did not take place. It was um, to, it's probably a scale which is too variable, so perhaps it's just masking a beneficial effect. But what's, what's very puzzling is we used a quantitative outcome measure, which is um, um, a CC, which is called CCFS which measures quantitatively the cerebellar ataxia and the upper limb. And this got worse in the rilosol group. So we were thinking that at least what we can say is that rilosol is not, is not beneficial in SCAR2, but it's perhaps even uh, making um, cerebellar ataxia worse. The limitation um, in this disease is that the atrophy that was present uh, already in the, uh, b before we, we, we started the treatment, in the brainstem in the cerebellum was very large already. So it could be that we are also simply too late um, to for the treatment at this time at this time point. So then what are the implications of uh, these study findings for clinicians and for future research in this area? I think the study shows that we can do clinical trials in rare disease in a one single genetic entity. And I think that's was is very important to show this, that it's not because it's a rare disease and because it's a neurological disease, we, we are able to do this. Perhaps the, the crucial thing would be to define better the timing of treatment that you could use. When is the good moment to intervene? And what would be the, the good thing is in genetic diseases that you can go in pre-symptomatic phases where you have carriers of the mutation not yet um, showing signs of the disease, and if you could intervene even before the atrophy of the cerebellum is taking place, then perhaps you can have a beneficial effect. And I think it would be really important to more untangle the um, physiopathological uh, mechanisms that are underlying the different presentation of SCAR2, because in SCAR2, you have, as I said before, cerebellar ataxia or Parkinsonism or ALS. And I think it's important also to know what, what is the, the main mechanism you want to um, target for the treatment. So there are still quite um, a lot of avenues we, we should um, try to tangle, but it's important to show that we are able to do um, a treatment in rare, disease tra in, in rare diseases. Mm. So you've already touched on, on some of this, but what now do you see as, as the very next steps in the search for these new therapies for uh, spinocerebellar ataxias? One of the um, proposed approaches that we're going to do is to use um, antisense um, oligonucleotides to reduce the toxic protein that is accumulating in these diseases. So this will be the next step, probably that will be done in a multinational, um, multi-center settings in this rare diseases. And it will be really interesting to see what's coming out of it, because we definitely need some cure for this disease. Absolutely. Alexandra Dare, thank you. You can read Professor Alexandra Dare's research online at thelancet.com. Thank you to Professor Dare, and thank you for listening to this episode of In Conversation With. Remember, you can subscribe to In Conversation with The Lancet Neurology wherever you usually get your podcasts.